Hello, and welcome to Infinite Shelf, the human-centric retail podcast. I'm your host, Ingrid milman Corey. We've met a lot of thought leaders and founders on this show, most of which are exclusively working with senior leadership at retail organizations that are looking to learn and grow and evolve their businesses in some way. The hope is that partnering with these thought leaders will unlock new technology or ways of thinking to open new doors for their businesses. That's the simple part. The hard part is actually getting there. Most of the hard part is the ability for us as senior leaders to let go of the reins a bit and actually allow for these partners to come in and do what they're meant to do for our business. Otherwise, what's the point of hiring them in the first place? Over the years, I've had my fair share of really rough experiences with partners. Partners I have inherited coming into an organization and partners I'd hired myself. Through the years of reflection and reconsideration, I've come up with a few lessons that I have thought through in conversation with a dear friend, Isaac Newton. Yes, that is his real name. I imagine his parents had a really fun sense of humor and love for science. Um, In the conversation that I'll share with you in a bit, we hit on some some themes that felt so incredibly true and obvious, yet I was so grateful to be reminded of them heading into the new year. The first lesson is just the classic, you know, hire amazingly talented people and get the heck out of their way. I've since updated this a little bit to sound more like hire amazingly talented people and understand that your role is to become a servant leader to them. This is all about getting the best, doing our best to listen to their views and needs and removing boundaries and obstacles in their way. I even ask them to share their weekly obstacles and barriers list with me, and they have actually shared back that this has unlocked so much productivity for them because they were actually shying away from these things subconsciously. So when talented people feel stuck, it is our job to unstuck them and let them run. The second lesson is don't surround yourself with only agreeable people who are unwilling to challenge your thinking. This is a huge one, and it requires a lot of skill and practice on both sides. It requires the leaders to create an emotionally safe environment where our teams feel like they can openly and candidly disagree with us without repercussion. And it also requires team members to be able to respectfully, yet directly, share what is on their minds, even if it feels like it might be unpopular or an undesirable option. The need for this type of decision-making environment is incredibly crucial for building effective businesses, but it's also really hard and takes constant work and reinforcement of these skills, again, for both sides, leaders and their teams. The amount of boardrooms I've been in where 85 to 90% of the room strongly disagrees with the leader direction or the way that they're looking at solving a problem but are unwilling to share out of fear of the consequence is actually staggering. I'm sure you've all been there. I look at this as a failure for the leader and by not creating an environment that can be that they can be debated with in a productive and open-minded and safe manner. And I've seen otherwise brilliant leaders and companies that they lead go down as a result. I'm currently reading Adam Grant's Think Again, where he makes a really strong argument for changing the way that we look at intelligence. 
we typically look at intelligence and describe intelligent people as people that have the ability to learn and know information. But what if it would be more powerful as our ability to reconsider and relearn when information changes? When when was the last time you actually changed your mind about something, a big something? He notes that research reveals that the higher you score on an IQ test, the more likely you are to fall for stereotypes because you're faster at recognizing patterns. And recent experiments suggest that the smarter you are, the more you struggle to update your beliefs. This really struck a chord with me. And I've actively been trying to prove to myself that what that I'm wrong about something far more frequently than I did before. And I really needed this reframing. It has been incredibly uncomfortable, but I've already made measurably measurable improvements from this approach in my personal and professional life. I couldn't recommend the book more. It's actually a game changer. Anyway, all this to say, this leads me back to our conversation with Isaac, where he leads an incredibly innovative and future-thinking agency, Pattern, whose co-founder and executive creative director you met, Mike, in episode eight. It was all about Web3. If you haven't listened yet, I really encourage you to. The conversation is super enlightening and fun. Isaac's biggest challenge is not delivering excellent work from his team. It's convincing his potential clients to trust and let go in order to run farther and faster together. It's the number one most important thing you can do when selecting partners. Vet them meticulously and be a major pain in the butt before signing on. But once you sign on, trust is your most important vehicle to achieve results. Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Chatdesk. Supercharge your customer experience with Chatdesk, the future of customer support. Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Recurate. The global resale market is growing and fast. Recurate can help your company build a branded resale platform directly on your e-commerce site. Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Yatpo. Yatpo helps brands create unbeatable SMS experiences. Get 30 days free at yotpo.com slash infinite shelf. Welcome, Isaac. I'm so happy to have you on Infinite Shelf. How are you? Hi, Ingrid. I am great. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, well, you are definitely just one of the people who I have kept in close touch with throughout my career. And just, I've always been really inspired by everything that you have been going on and just like the the circles that you are around in and getting a chance to hear what is new with you is always a treat. And so I figured why not have that conversation for our audience here and just, and just talk about all the exciting things that you're up to. Oh, well, thanks. Thanks. I'm uh, excited to catch up. All right. Well, so tell me everything about what you've been up to at Pattern. Oh, gosh. Um, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, Well, I'd say first and foremost, um, this has been a stellar year for for the team. And uh, we've experienced um, the most growth that we've, we've uh, much more growth than we had anticipated. And we're working with brands that we um, a year ago would have never imagined uh, working with. So thankfully um, it's been great. And uh, we we're we're uh, very thankful to be um, just quite busy. 
And it's yeah. definitely, it's, it's a journey for sure. It's, it's so fun to watch what you guys are up to. Well, just super, super quick. How would you describe what you do at Pattern? Um, what I do, Pattern, so I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, my, Pattern is a digital agency that focuses on three things. We focus on strategy, on brand development and UX UI design. And uh, the great majority of the work that we do is really centered around e-commerce. Um, I'd say 90% of our projects are, um, are uh, in e-commerce. So we work with, uh, with consumer-led brands for the most part. Right. And you guys came from the really, really big global consumer products agencies, right? Yeah, so my uh, partner Michael and I both uh, used to work together at uh, an agency called Fluid, um, which we were both at for gosh, close to eight years. Um, we overlapped with one another for for around five years. Uh, he had he was uh, their head of uh, the creative on uh, the creative side, and um, led both teams uh, in New York and in San Francisco, and. I uh, led business development, um, so whether it was doing um, pitches and that kind of work uh, for both the New York uh, and San Francisco offices, um, a combination of, of that and also working on um, uh, in business development and partnerships. Um, and then we, since then, you know, or, or before and after, you know, we've been at a number of other agencies. I've, um, I, I think that this is a uh, a good thing for me. I, I worked at quite a, a number of agencies. And so where I was able to really see a lot uh, and experience a lot in terms of how different agencies do things, right? And whether it was working for a small, um, high growth agency that was based out of Brooklyn that focused in mobile strategy and mobile development and design and uh, who had an incredible, incredible culture to working with or working for um, a, an agency that was 1,500 employees plus global offices, um, working with global consumer brands, um, just just you know being able to experience um, a myriad of, of things uh, within those types of organizations. Yeah, yeah, and I think that you know when we talk about all of the reasons why you started Pattern, one of the things that sticks out in my mind is just the intentionality behind creating an agency that is set up for the modern world in terms of e-commerce and brand development. And I think that one of the things you have been very, very thoughtful about is the culture and the size of the organization, and then also just the clients that you're selecting, right? So like, give me a little bit about what that process looks like for you. What are you inspired by? What have you learned in all of those years on the agency side? that you're that you're bringing to pattern yeah so uh, it's it's uh it's so interesting mike and i when we reconnected after not working together for a couple of years um we were presented with some interesting opportunities and we were like hey maybe this is maybe we should do something together we we still have great chemistry we love working together we respect one another and one of the things that we spent a lot of time on it was really talking about what we learned from our prior experiences, right? So whether, you know, and we learned a lot of great things and a lot of bad things, right? We, we were exposed to both, you know, what it's like to work for an agency that's taken an investment and, you know, you're having to 
um, you know, just log hours and sell time and you know, just having that pressure. Um, and, and so those, that's like just one example, but what we, what we, what we did is, and also actually another, another thing to, to, to call out on is some of these other agencies that we worked at were quote unquote full service, right? So they were doing not only design, but they're also doing digital marketing and, um, and development. And with those things in mind, what, what we thought and were really interested in is, you know, creating an agency that leads with design, right? So that was like our big differentiator. And that's what we really felt and feel that there's just a huge opportunity for, mm-hmm. um, for especially as it relates to um, the ecosystem that we're working with. And we, we do a lot of work with, uh, with the enterprise Shopify segment. So we, we just felt that there was a huge opportunity there. And to that point, you know, we, we wanted to be mindful and methodical and thoughtful around what we what, what we were going to create and you know we had some really core ideas that, that have evolved over over time but just having um a firm that or an agency that was really purpose-driven right so we were really um every we, we try to just be whatever we do we want to make sure that there's a why that we really um, are excited about the projects that we're working on, that the team's really excited about the projects that we're working on. Um, we want to just make sure that that there is truly an opportunity for us to help a brand evolve and do something different and stand out and elevate themselves uh, within the verticals that, that, they're, that they're navigating or swimming in within. So to that point, we, um, we were very fortunate in being able to attract incredible talent, like the best designers, some of the best designers, some of the best UX uh, and, and visual designers and, and strategists that, that we had worked with in the past that were seeing the work that we were doing and, and helped. We, we refer to them as like our core team. And it's like the first 10 employees and they've really helped help us stand stand this this um, this agency up based on on this foundation that we're working on. Yeah, I think that's great because everyone's sort of been really vested in the culture and being able to grow, but in a way that really feels natural and organic and not forced by externalities like investment and things like that. Would you say that? Yeah. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I was going to say, are, do you? would you say that the full service agency model is dead or how do you how do you feel about full service agents that's a leading question uh, that is that's kind of a loaded question Uh, i'm I'm teasing um i it's definitely not dead and i say that because i'd say half of the prospects that we speak with are leaving those types of agencies um and again it just kind of serves to reinforce what uh, what we're doing and why we feel our approach is really working for us Mm. which is you know, while you can quote unquote be full service, Mike and I have a really strong point of view that yes, you can do that. But the reality of it is you're really going to be at one or two good at one or two of those, like four or five things that you say you do. And so for us, we're like, well, screw it. Like we're not, we don't want to do that. We, A, we want to like do what we, what we're passionate about, what we love doing, which is design strategy and brand development. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then for for those other areas, we will partner. We have incredible partners that we've um, we've built with uh, other agencies that focus in those other core areas. So whether it's 
development teams that help help really help realize the vision of what we're designing for with our clients. You know, we have we're, it's kind of like a best of breed model, right? So um, that's that's just what what we're doing, and it's working really well for us. And I see that there, I think there is really. Uh, I'm actually. I don't spend a lot of time looking at what's going on in the market right now, just because we're so I'm trying to stay hyper-focused on what we're doing and having us do the best that we can do. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the agency model is evolving um, quite a bit. And, and I think, and you know, the one thing that we have seen is over the last three years is there have been um, a number of specialized agencies like us that have morphed where teams and partners have come from, much larger shops and are doing their own thing and um and they are they are more focused so I, I do i think that that is a trend i just haven't been following it that closely make connecting with your customers easy chat desk knows how overwhelming it can get to be buried in support tickets from social media chat and email that's why chat desk came up with a solution to supercharge your support team with super fans of your brand Chatdesk trains experts to perfectly respond to your brand's voice and policies from day one. Nope, you're not dreaming. With Chatdesk, machine learning and human support come together to transform your support tickets into satisfied customers. Leading companies like Thinks and Shea Moisture use Chatdesk to increase their Facebook and Instagram ad conversion up to 15%. With one click, Chatdesk connects with your existing help desk so you have time to do the rest of your to-do list. And for a limited time, you can get started with Chatdesk for free. Check it out at chatdesk.com slash infinite shelf. I'm in a position where I'm lucky in that I get to work with a lot of people who I get, you know, I get referred to, to just have a conversation around when they're thinking about starting their brands, when they're um, maybe founder led companies, and they're just trying to figure out where they should put their investment and how they should build out their teams for the size that they are right now versus the size Mm -hmm. that they will be in three years from now. So actually the advice that I give almost every single time is, you know, find the one thing that you need right now, the most, the most, the most, identify that, invest heavily in that, and then evolve from there. So for example, like a good place to start for a brand that is within like consumer products is, yeah, invest in your brand. Like, first of all, I'm not even getting into the part of invest in your product. That's first and foremost, and sort of says without, (laughs) goes without saying, but then, you know, once you have a great product, the next step in my view, in many cases, not in all cases, but in many cases is invest in your brand, get something that is beautiful, that people are going to feel emotionally connected with. Um, And I think that the design part is, is really important. And there are a lot of agencies that I've come across who are fantastic at that part, but then mm-hmm. because of the nature of the agency model, they also have development services and then they also have media buying services. And I've always been kind of let down by the other side of that yeah. part of the agency model. So I actually really love and, and respect the fact that you're like, hey, we're we're really like a design strategy branding agency. Um, and we have some fantastic, you know, partners that we work with that that specialize in the development and media buying and all the rest of the things that you're of course going to need but here's what the thing that we're really excellent at and I think that that level of focus is critical and also really only possible when you are 
you know, self-funded the way that you guys are and bootstrapping your way and having this core team that's just along for the journey from day one. Totally. And, and to that point, um, we, we use that as like a qualifier, right? So when we run into scenarios, which happens eh, frequently enough um, to talk about it, where our client, our prospects are like, are just really um, concerned or, or want that, that, that the term that's oftentimes used is like you know, one throat to choke and they want one partner to do everything. Uh. And, and for us, we're like, you know what? Understand what you want. Unfortunately, we don't do that. And, yeah. and, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And thankfully, thankfully, knock on wood, we, um, you know, we just stay true to what we're doing and, and we're keeping extremely busy with, with, um, with, you know, this approach. Yeah. And I, and I think that it's smart for you guys to identify that in choosing your clients too, right? Because then exactly. the, the match is, means everything. Um, and totally. you're not going to be happy and you're not going to be happy. And then on the other side, when there is a match, then that's really where the magic happens. I think that's really important. And a lot of it just takes trust, right? And yeah. which is a, a whole other conversation that, that we'll dig into hopefully when we talk about like the founders and the brands that we work with. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, let's do it. I'm, I'm, one of the things that I know that Pattern is really passionate about and has has done really fantastically on is working with founder-led brands, which are a horse of a different color. I've worked with some founders. It's a, <laughs> it's a unique world. And I think sometimes there's this preconceived notion that a founder-led brand is smaller. And that is true in many cases, but also not in all cases. You know, there are founder-led brands that are $3 million a year. And then there's founder-led brands that are $500 million a year. And so, um, but they are, they are a unique beast and there's some, there's some beautiful elements to it and there are some more frustrating elements to it. So talk to us about a little bit about how you work with founder brands. Yeah, sure. And that was actually one of the things that um, has evolved, evolved early on for pattern. Like we, we, we just knowing that we were going to be, uh, servicing the Shopify and or Shopify plus ecosystem, like working with entrepreneurs. Right. And for the most part at that time, that those were a lot of the brands that were, and still to this day are, but, um, obviously that's, that's shifted quite a bit as they, they've gained more momentum and, and are getting, um, just winning a lot of much, winning brands, which that are, that are much larger now, mm-hmm. but, um, but, but going back to that, we, so, you know, back at Fluid and when I was at Live Area and, and some of the and huge and some of these other agencies, like we worked with global consumer brands, right? So whether it was like designing experiences for the North Face or Puma and um, brands like that, where you're dealing with committees and dealing with large teams. And while we are, we feel fortunate to have been able to, to have been a part of those projects back then, we did see an opportunity to... Um, as we shifted and as we we launched pattern to work with founders, right, and work with entrepreneurs that um, that are just building their their businesses and that are doing doing things on their own. And thankfully, you know, we have been so fortunate in that we're working with. It's been an array, and like you just mentioned, like some brands that are doing five million, but yet we've got a handful of founder-led brands that are doing a hundred, two hundred, three hundred million dollars online, and we are working directly with the founders and. What I love about that is that it's just like, you know, I draw a lot of inspiration from, uh, there's this guy named Guy Raz, who I'm not sure if you've, you've heard oh, of yeah. him, but 
Definitely. Yeah, so I'm a huge fan. Um, I hope to meet him at some point. He lives uh, up the hill from from us. Um, and so I draw a lot of inspiration from him when when he interviews founders. And we've actually had I think three or four clients that have been interviewed by him. But just like really digging in and taking that approach around, really learning about like what led to them launching that brand, getting digging into the DNA, digging into like what are the challenges digging into like where the opportunities are and what the roadmap looks like and what the future looks like. And, and ultimately taking these learnings and helping, you know, and, and using that to apply to their re-envisioned experience. So I, I just love, love that. And or like helping them evolve and just having these direct conversations around, Hey, let's like, whether it's like, let's look at your logo, let's talk about this and, and, or, you know, whatever it is, like just really digging into the brand DNA and where it can go. Um, so, so it is really exciting. I think on the, where, where it can be challenging and it's just one of these things that, um, you just need to uh, address and they're, they're just, you just need to have is like trust. Right. And I think one of the one of the things that I've noticed is over time is that there, um, the projects that aren't, that don't, don't turn out to be as successful is projects where our clients uh, being founder, being founders, like just don't trust the process. And that is where I think, you know, we've run into challenges, but I think thankfully it's rare, but it does happen. And um, that's just, you know, the way it goes, but thankfully that it is rare. It does happen. Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Yachtbo. In just 30 days, you can recover more abandoned carts, win back more shoppers, and deepen customer relationships. Yachtbo SMS Bump gives more than 4,000 brands the tools they need to craft unbeatable SMS experiences for today's mobile customers. Get started for free with the best kept secret in e-commerce at yachtbo.com slash infinite shelf. The global resale market is growing and fast, so it's time to unlock your pre-sale potential. Recurate can help your company build a branded resale platform directly on your e-commerce site, helping you attract new customers and re-engage existing customers. With Recurate's full suite of services and simple tech integration, you can give your customers an elevated experience for buying and selling pre-loved items from your brand. Keep your high-quality goods in circulation while giving customers a more sustainable way to shop. More sales, more customers, more sustainable. Head to Recurate.com to learn more. That's R-E-C-U-R-A-T-E.com. With founder-led companies, there's just there's a lot of personal investment and passion that the founders bring. Obviously, that's just a complete necessary absolutely starting a brand you have to be passionate it has to be a a reflection of who you are as an individual and so with that comes great responsibility of all the partners to make sure that they're seeing the vision through but then also there isn't a moment where uh there's like the emperor's you know the emperor doesn't have any clothes on and no one no one's willing to to say that and so there's going yeah. to be founder led brands that are that you will gain trust with when you point out in a very respectful and kind way that when those situations arise and then there's going to be times where it's physically impossible to say that and 
that's where I think the trust comes in and, and also probably leaves. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and we talk about these things like when we, when we are, before we start working with a client, we talk about how important transparency is and how like we're adults, we, our feelings will not be hurt if they mm-hmm. disagree with what we're thinking. Like we are looking to be challenged and we think it's very healthy to have that type of dialogue. Um, and, and we also know, and we let, let prospective clients know that, that we're, our job is to make like to a deliver an amazing product at the end of the day, but, but to also challenge them and make sure that they're really pushing the boundaries and or helping to find them, the, help them find the right balance. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's important and, and probably more possible when you're dealing with founders that have a shared vision to some extent. Are you, are you able to identify that in like the first conversation? Is there like, at what point are you like, man, this is going to be amazing. Or at what point are you like, "Mm, I don't know if this is going to be a fit. You know, it's all over the board. Um, I think (laughs) it's very funny that you asked this. Um, I think it's all over the board. And the reality of it is like things can can seem like it's a fit because everybody's drinking one another's Kool-Aid and you're feeling really good about it. But then, you know, you're in the weeds and you're doing the project like, oh my gosh, wait, I did not, I had no idea. Like, oh, I should have seen this. Um, And, 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 or there's situations where, where things are just going thankfully well, thankfully for us, the majority, the great majority of the work that we do and we've done, it's, um, they've gone extremely well in our clients. It's um, I was just talking to somebody about this uh, earlier in the, in the week. I've never been at, an, at a company where I've had so many clients proactively just tell us like, hey, if you ever need a reference, like we've got you. Or just like sending us notes wow. and text messages like to the team, like, oh my gosh, you guys. Actually, this weekend I received a note from a client um, on a site we just launched two months ago, just thanking me again for what we were able to deliver and how like the redesigned product or site helped them play a key role in helping them land another round of funding. Like that for me is just, it makes me, it just reinforces what, why I love what I do and to be able to do just to, to receive comments and receive messages from, from people like that. So what's, okay. So then what's the secret to that? How do you, if you had to, you know, do some coaching to some agencies that are starting off or even founders who are listening to this and just trying to get their, their feet wet on the retail front. How, what are, what is some advice that you would give? And let's pretend that we are, uh, you know, a couple martinis deep and you're feeling really warm and you're feeling really comfortable. And for whatever reason, you're like, I'm just going to tell you how it is. And I probably wouldn't say this on a conference call, but here's, here's the advice. Yeah, a couple of uh, martinis. And I mean, the first thing that, well, one of the first things that we talk about, um, and we might use different words, but like just not having, we have a very strict no assholes policy. um, And that dovetails into more into um, the notion of you just leave your egos out of this. Like, this just, that's that's not going to help. Um, yeah. the cause and that's it's just not a healthy way to yeah. approach things and and that is on both sides for sure both um on on the agency side and for the client side i think the other thing is again trusting the process right so you know we our team um has designed and created experiences for you know again brands that are doing hundreds of millions of dollars and um whether it's 
you know, building strategies around loyalty or mass customization or guided selling or, you know, mobile led design, like just know that our team has seen, knowing that the team has been working in e-com for 10, 15 years, like we've seen a lot of what's out there and just respect and and know that there's going to be a process and that there's going to be a point of view and there needs to be some trust there. And so while when we are making recommendations or when, when your agency, hopefully, you know, if, if this is for, um, for, for, um, for brands that are out there listening to this or founders that are uh, listening to this, just, you know, you should, to the extent that, that, you can like trust and know who you're working with and take their guidance. Like you're hiring them because they're experts in what they do. And, and you just got to trust that process. Yeah. I love um, I'd, I'd say the last thing, and I tell this to everybody and yeah, I even tell this to prospects where I'm like, I'm 90% sure we're not going to work together. Speak with recent references. It is so critical. Like, you know, you, and I see this happen all the time where, um, brands have made decisions um, to work with an agency because a, they have like incredible case studies and they've worked with, they have great logos on their site and they've got a great, you know, they had a great sales lead and whatever, for whatever the reason is. But once, once they're in the weeds with them and on the project, like they, things un- unravel. And so what I always recommend to people is that they speak with at minimum two to three recent references. And I, when I say recent, I'm referring to, brands that they have that that agency has launched within the within the last three to six months um it's just critical and i feel like you know that is something that not enough people do out there and a lot of it is because they just you know they quote unquote are um, too busy to you know deal with references but you know what if you're spending if you're investing 50 to three hundred thousand dollars plus in a project like make the time to have those conversations make a time to really dig into what it was like to partner and collaborate with that agency and their teams right because you either you either spend that time in the upfront and you really invest in due diligence and making sure that this is the right agency partner or you spend that time developing you know hopefully developing trust typically if you're not doing that in the upfront and there's this level of confidence that isn't quite there, you're going to spend that time in micromanaging or in second guessing or in questioning deliverables. And no one wants to spend that time on that end. It's just not worth it. It's really not worth it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Spend the time up front, do the references. I think that makes a lot of sense. And then the same thing as I would say to people hiring people, it's like hire incredible, smart, reliable people and then get the heck out of their way. And let them do their thing. Totally, totally, totally. totally. And listen, if you don't have the trust when you're hiring people, then, you know, either you need to look a little bit deeper or move on, you know, like there has to be that fundamental layer of trust before you can actually make anything happen. But I think there's a lot of value in really, truly just allowing people who are talented to, to do what they do. And you have to let a layer of trust in there. And I think that all of that has to be done in the upfront or else you're just going to create so much spin. I totally agree. Totally agree. And, and also like when things aren't working out with that team, if if things aren't working out with the team number, like nip it, (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, like life is too short. And chances are, if as the employer, if it's not working for you, there's a high probability it's not working for the employees. So like have those tough conversations right. early on, try to fix it. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. That's it. Yes. Totally. Yeah. With, with teams and things like that, like you're not doing anyone any favors by keeping someone on who isn't performing. And the same thing with agencies as well. But I think with people there, we have a lot of emotions around, you know, firing people or having people on, you know, improvement plans and things like that. And it's like, Hey, like you might be a great person, but in in reality, if if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit for either person. And you should let the other people sort of find, find their way somewhere else where they're going to be able to add value and and be part of what is actually needed in another organization. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Um, Well, what's, what's in store for the future? What do you think is like hot and cool and what are the what are oh, the, man. doing and you know you you're you're very coy but you, you've launched some pretty pretty rad brands for pretty incredible high profile people and so I think you do have a really good pulse on on what's happening. Um where do where do you see consumer brands going and, and the whole ecosystem of like Shopify, Shopify Plus brands? Oh I mean it's just um I don't even know where to begin. There's so much going on right now, right? So this year, we um, we've worked with some of the highest, just really. Um, I think it's globally renowned celebrities like Ariana Grande. Are we allowed to say? Yeah, it? yeah. So <laughs> Congratulations! Yeah, and thank you. And so that that was like we were, we helped create the brand, and it was a, um, it was just for the team and for the the team like it was probably one of the largest projects that everybody has worked on as part in their within their uh, professional career and just having exposure to um such an incredible um person and and a team to build this vision was really really astonishing and um and that's led to a few other projects which we can't talk about cuz they're still um they're still in sure. play, but it's, so it's um, going with the future. Yeah. So the future, I think, you know, we're going to be seeing more of that kind of work. Um, I think we're, we're just starting to dig in deeper where there's a lot of interest in like NFTs and like wanting to like, see what's going to happen in that space and how brands are leveraging NFTs. And I know for us, it's something that we're, we're really interested in exploring. Um, and I think, you know, we're we're also just starting to explore other uh, where is the future for us is um managing our growth is really important so that's one of the things i spend a lot of time on um is like trying to find the continue to find the right balance because we do not want to grow too quickly um we and i say this all the time we are our size by design um if we wanted to we could easily be two three x um and we just don't want that um so that's you know something that that's um that we're looking at is like in terms of the future and and uh just other verticals and things that we're really keen on and, and exploring are definitely in like the travel uh space um where we're going to be looking into doing work and in, in gaming and there's just, there's a lot there's a lot out there thankfully yeah i love that and then in terms of like consumer brands how are you thinking about developing new brands, designing brands, what, what does it mean for us to be thinking about consumer brands in the future? Yeah. I mean, it's all about, in our opinion, differentiation and storytelling, 
really it. And also, and being authentic, right? So if you can find the right balance of those things, um, that is, that's what, where the future is. And I think, um, you know, and of course you said this early on, like having a good product or, you know, having something (laughs) that, that does work, that's good, that people are buying. Um, but being able to just, you know, articulate clearly clearly tell your story being able to create an experience that's going to be engaging um you know and and um yeah and just just having a great digital product that's differentiated um those are the things that we focus on and that's those are the things that we try to help our clients um to to, you know that's the challenge we try to help them uh overcome and um i think we're going to continue to see a lot more of that um as as we see more and more brands launch um, just because a lot of these verticals are becoming inc- increasingly crowded and whatnot. So, yeah. Well, so one of the one of the last things I want to ask you about, and this is not like the Shopify Shopify Plus world; it's actually yeah, sort of totally the polar opposite. Is the world of Amazon? And in our last episode, we talked with a good friend of mine, Garrett, who had helped us. He he works on like analyzing Amazon businesses and works with a lot of like PE firms to help them identify opportunities. And one of the main things that he said is so many brands that, or products really that grew up on Amazon just don't have any sense of what a brand is. They have like the basic, you know, they hired like a, a freelancer on Fiverr and they got a logo for like a hundred bucks on, in a PNG file. And then they, they slap it on everywhere and, and that's their quote unquote brand. But one of the big insights that he had was how do you, you know, the question I had was, how do you differentiate and grow past this initial burst with having a great item and great product? And he, his number one, two and three recommendation was just like, start to build a brand around that. Mm-hmm. Is there, is there a world in which pattern goes into the Amazon world and creates brands for Amazon led products? You know, it's funny that you say this and um, kind of related, but not, but, you know, prior, at, at, at Fluid, we designed um, a number of brands for a company called Quidsy. So it was um, trying to think like yoyo.com. It was diapers.com, wag.com, soap.com. Mm-hmm. These were all um, part of Quidsy and why we were hired to do that work is to create really um, intuitive branded experiences for those given verticals. Um, Quidsy was acquired by Amazon, uh, it's going years back, um, and ultimately sunsetted all of these businesses. Um, wow. but, but I think it was, I forgot the numbers it was maybe five or $600 million or something like that. It was, it was, it was a, a, a pretty large um, deal. And anyways, they, it, and so it's, it's kind of like the inverse of what you're saying. And I personally, I mean, I think what I do think is interesting is for brands that are selling through Amazon that don't have a a strong D2C, I think it's what's cool about what could be cool about that is like they use that platform as a, um, as a launching pad, right? Like validate that you have a good product. Exactly. Great. So let's say you do, that's fantastic. Then for us, it's like, okay, well, if you're able to have a profitable business that, um, and you have, uh, that's steady, right. That's repeating, that's growing. 
if you have the ability to start building and launching your own experience, like you definitely should do that because yeah. ultimately you're going to know once you, once you have the keys to that car, like you're going to know your consumer better than anyone else. And why, why relieve, you know, why give that access to that information on your consumer to somebody else? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we strive for. And that's what we, we advocate for, but it just depends, you know, depends on, on the brand. Yeah. Where that business yeah. Is at. Well, all you Amazon entrepreneurs, you better head up Isaac for some for some branding development so you can get all that first party data on your sweet, sweet. <laughs> yeah, we're actually um, working on a, a potential project right now with a brand that's been around for quite a number of years um, in the hair care space. And they have only sold, um, they've got a large presence in, um, in uh, salons um and through amazon and um and that looks like there's you know a push to to go d to c which is really cool oh that's going to be so much fun i i love beauty and hair care d to c that's just like the most that's the place where you can be the most engaging i feel um there's there's a lot that i'm doing now with health and wellness and that's really fun but yeah i love a good hair care brand i'm excited to hear about that um Anything else you wanted to share with us before we part ways? Um, no, not really. I mean, I really appreciate the, your time, and I'm really excited to about about this venture and, and the podcast that you guys are doing. And I think that there's just a lot of learnings for people um, in in ecom, and uh, it's just it's just we're passionate about it. I am. I love what we what I do, and I love to help people um, to the extent that we can. So, uh, thanks for for letting me share our story. Of course. Thank you for coming and and hopefully we'll have you back soon. Thank you so much, Isaac. Great. Thanks. Thanks.